Welcome to the Hope for the Animals podcast, sponsored by United Poultry Concerns. I'm your host, Hope Bohannock, and you can find all our past shows and more information on our website, hopefortheanimalspodcast.org, and you can find my contact information there as well. Okay, so we are starting a new series called the Vegan Voices series, and it was inspired by a new anthology that's called Vegan Voices, Essays by Inspiring Changemakers. It's got uh, 50 contributing authors. I am honored to be one of them. And the editor of this ambitious project is our guest today, Joanne Kong. For this series, I will be interviewing a select few of the authors for the next six or so episodes, including Ray Sakura, Thomas Jackson, Karen Davis, and others. And at some point, I might do a short reading from my essay as well. So we're going to focus on this anthology, which is such a fantastic accomplishment by Joanne. She has brought together some of the world's most prominent vegan activists, as well as grassroots activists, artists, changemakers. I, I love that subtitle, Essays by Inspiring Changemakers. And I'm proud to be one of them, one of the inspiring changemakers. And we will meet some of the others in the next few episodes. So Joanne and I had such a great conversation, and we're just going to jump right in. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so today on the podcast, we have Dr. Joanne Kong, and she has been praised throughout the world as one of the most compelling advocates for plant-sourced nutrition today. And Joanne has given presentations all around the world at vegan events and summits and conferences and numerous institutions, uh, including Tufts University and MIT and Yale. And she's going to appear in two upcoming documentaries, Eating Our Way to Extinction and Taking Note About Vegan Musicians. And Dr. Kong's book is titled, If You Ever Loved an Animal, Go Vegan. She's also profiled in a book called um, Legends of Change about vegan women who are changing the world. And she's the editor of a new book, and that's what we're mainly going to talk about today, her book coming out called Vegan Voices, Essays by Inspiring Changemakers. So welcome to the podcast, Joanne. Hi, Hope. It's so great to be with you. Yes, I'm, I'm so glad you could join us. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. I would love to hear your origin story. What got you into veganism and what got you into activism? Tell us, tell us your story. Wonderful. That's a great place to start. First of all, I want to thank you so much for having me on your podcasts and all your interviews are so fantastic. And I urge wow. everyone to listen to them because it really shows how there's not just one way to become vegan. Everybody approaches this based on their own unique life experiences and we can learn so much from each other. Yeah. So I've been an ethical vegan for about seven to eight years, but the beginnings of my path go way back to the early 1980s. And this was when I was a graduate school student. There was one day when my husband brought home a book titled Animal Factories by Jim Mason and Peter Singer. You're probably familiar with the book. Yes. Little did I realize that this was a groundbreaking and controversial book among the very first to actually expose the cruelty 
of animal agriculture. And it was just this thin book, right, with black and white pictures. We read the book and it really was an overnight awareness. It was like this sudden wake up call to us. After reading the book, we resolved then and there to forever leave animals off of our plates. And so during those years um, of first being vegetarian, we used egg and dairy products perhaps only a few times a year. Like, for instance, if a family member was visiting or we had special company and we were cooking for them. So looking back, of course, I like a lot of people, I wish we had made the decision to fully become vegan much sooner and sometimes I wonder, even almost with a sense of shame, why I didn't have that awareness for the animals growing up as a child. Mm. It just never occurred to me to think about the feeling sentient being that was before me that I was about to consume. And, and I feel real bad about that, that I mm. just did not have that awareness. But actually there, there is a positive thing to come out of that is that I can use my experience as an example that we simply are the product of our culture, the family that we grew up in. I grew up in a Chinese family and we were expected to do well and excel and we were never to question our parents about anything they did. Um, not to put the blame totally on them, but just pointing out that our daily habits are so tied to the family customs and the kind of atmosphere that one grows up in. Yeah. And in terms of just the whole society, right? It's this state of disconnection from our food. You know, it's so deeply ingrained and accepted that a lot of people don't even think to question it. And that's true for a lot of us, including myself, when I was growing up. So oftentimes when I'm speaking to a group, I'll ask, are any of you vegan from birth? <laughs> and in virtually all cases, no one raises their hand. Right. Yeah. So now I see my vegan role as one of many people, including all the fantastic writers in Vegan Voices who are helping to raise awareness and create a world that does indeed become more and more vegan. Mm. So being a college professor, I guess it was pretty natural that my activist role is primarily as an educator through speaking and writing. I think that all advocates arrive at a certain point in their lives when we just knew it was our time to go beyond just being vegan and that we must spread the important messages that society needs to hear. And I think sometimes, and I know this was the case for me too, that I've been in my profession for such a long time as a musician and teaching for many, many years. And on my life path, I think I simply reached this point where I knew I had to do something more, something that would really help the world um, create more peace and just kind of this this feeling that I'm here for a purpose and mm, yeah and that I really need to do something that really makes a difference um, so that was all part of 
the mix too. And and for for me, it's it's never about judging or shaming people. It's about opening up an awareness that the way we live is is so much more than just meeting our daily immediate needs, you know, dealing with the material everyday aspects of how you get through life. And we know those can certainly be challenging. So it's kind of about moving beyond um, the sort of limited sphere that our personal boundaries set, you know, we can move beyond that and create choices for a kinder life for all beings and really spreading compassion everywhere we can for non-humans and humans. And once I went vegan, it was just this this feeling kind of like, um, I don't know how to describe it, sort of like a calmness, um, a centeredness in my body and my spirit that I'm doing everything I can to be the most compassionate, inclusive, and kind person that I can be. So that's kind of a summary of, of my vegan journey. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm so grateful that you came to that uh, place uh, where you did move to veganism and, uh, and you've done, yeah, and you've done so much, uh, for the vegan movement in, uh, just a short amount of time, which is amazing. And I think that also points out that it's never too late, right. To make a change in your life. That's right. And you can choose to make a difference at any time in your life. And I think that's a really important message. Yeah. Wonderful. So Joanne, you have edited an anthology called Vegan Voices, Essays by Inspiring Changemakers. And it's coming out right now, October, in October, October 5th. And that's what we want to talk to you about today. And this book has essays from over 50 vegan activists and authors, which is really ambitious to have 50. And I'm honored to be among them, to be one among them. And I'll also say, you know, I'm editing a an anthology as well yes. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. uh, hopefully going to be coming out next year. And it's wow, it's it is not an uh, easy project. So, right. so I congratulate <laughs> you on getting this together. Thanks, you thanks. have many many more authors than I'm dealing with. So uh, good job, and uh, and I'm excited for it to come out. So. I want to ask you, what gave you the idea to compile this book, Vegan Voices, and who is the book for? So the idea to create this book was one of those sudden thoughts that entered my head. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but there was one morning when I woke up, this was last summer, and literally the words Vegan Voices popped into my mind with the idea that I needed to put together an anthology of essays. Um, And it's one example of how I think, you know, during sleep, the brain, your brain cells do a lot of regenerating. Yes. And it's not uncommon that I'll wake up in the morning, I'll have new ideas, or maybe I'll receive clarity or a solution about something. Have you had that happen? Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) In fact, oftentimes, if I'm writing an important document or an email or something, 
and I've written it the afternoon or evening before, I won't send it yet. I'll wait till the following morning. So I think that's why there's that saying, sleep on it. (laughs) So really, literally, I woke up and had the idea for the book. And that's how it came into being. Mm. And it was about a seven month process to reach out to all the possible authors to edit and finalize the essays, which I know you're doing with your book, and then submit everything to Lantern Publishing. My goal with the book is to present the diverse and unique paths that people take in becoming becoming vegan. As you know, veganism is no longer a fringe movement. And I think part of the reason it's moved into the mainstream is that it ties into so many aspects of our lives. As I said earlier, it's, it's not just about good health and nutrition. It's about using our resources to produce food in the most sustainable way. It's about being the most compassionate we can be to our fellow animals, doing the best we can for our families, and simply becoming the most caring we can be as humans. I really think that what we put into our bodies does feed the central core of who we are. It really creates the kind of energy that we carry around with us every single day. And during these challenging times, especially during this past year, we're certainly seeing whether it's with climate change, the pandemic, all the um, social, racial, political conflicts, everything seems to be, I don't know if you agree, it seems like everything has kind of happened at this point to let humankind know that we've really reached an important point where we need to shift direction. It's kind of like this inflection point, sort of like the fork in the road, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you feel that way? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, and we could go, it, it, it could go in any direction and, and it's That's our choice, right. you know, it could go very yeah. badly or <laughs> we, could, we could create a paradise and we have to make exactly. that choice. Yeah, exactly. So the 50 plus, plus writers in vegan voices point out how much we can shape our own lives and that we can do it in our own individual ways. There's not one way that's better than another. It's, it's just that we find the direction, right? That we're always moving in a positive direction. And it's also about self-empowerment, uh, realizing that each of us really can make a difference. And I think that's really important because oftentimes, I don't know if a lot of people feel this way. They you know, especially in this time of social media and 24-hour news and all of these things, I think it's real easy to be sort of caught up in this whirlwind of, of life where you sort of feel like you don't have any control, right? Like you're just kind of trying to get along and do everything like everyone else is doing sort of feeling. Yeah. Um, so I think reading these essays Uh, readers will definitely get the idea that your individual viewpoints do matter and that you can really look deep inside and and ask questions and question other things and create your own individual path. 
and and I think all of this, I know you came across this in your own amazing path as an activist. It's also about being really brave in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> to to listen to the voice inside, to yeah. be true to yourself and and doing things that really will make a difference and not just conforming to the norms of society and culture. I, I realized that in the process of, of putting this book together that not only was this going to be helpful for readers curious about veganism, it also turned out to be a really beneficial process. You could almost say even therapeutic for myself because throughout working one-on-one -on -one with every one of the writers, I felt more and more this um, sense of not only community with my fellow vegans and activists, but constantly being inspired and motivated by everything that everyone is doing. Your you know, 30 years of tireless activism, for example, which is absolutely amazing. I mean, I look at people who do so much like you and I think I'm not doing enough, but then I realize I just have to do the best I can, right? Yeah. Um, and wow, but yeah. you, you're doing so much, Joanne, as well. <laughs> we all are. I mean, it's, you know, and yeah. you could only do all, all that you can do. But what happens, I think, for a lot of us is that we're just so inspired by the thought that, you know, we are the change makers. We are the people right. that right. are, can bring this, this uh, beautiful light world to fruition. And, and so it inspires us to do more and more. And, and that's, you know, part of the journey. And it's really beautiful um, to see throughout this book. Yes. Yeah. About 35 of the writers I already knew, or I met at various events. And I do want to take this opportunity to say how deeply grateful I am to all of them for taking the time out of their busy schedules to write such powerful and often very personal moving accounts of their vegan life journeys. Yeah. I'd love to hear about the authors. Can you maybe, I know that you've divided the book into sections, uh, maybe tell us right. what those different sections or categories are and, and maybe give us a few uh, authors uh, that you could feature in each of those uh, categories. And, and also just a little preview for the listeners, I will be featuring some of the authors in the next few podcasts. I've uh, asked some of the authors from the anthology Vegan Voices to join us. And so we're doing, this is going to be kind of a series, the Vegan Voices series. Uh, and so there will be other authors coming up in the future podcast episodes. But for now, if you could just tell us uh, about the authors and the, the sections in the book and the different um, categories. Yes, so I decided to group everybody um, so that there's six different broad chapters. The first chapter is called Our Kindred Animals. Um, and just to give you a sampling, a couple of the authors there are Laura Barlow. She's with Rhode Island Vegan Awareness. She does a ton of community work. She was just actually voted PETA's 2021 Teacher of the Year. Wow. Um, Karen Davis and Mary Finelli, who a lot of our readers know is in that category. Also Ingrid Newkirk, 
um, and Ray Sikora. Chapter two is called Around the Globe. And in that chapter, I highlight some of the wonderful vegans and activists around the world. For example, Elin Gunderson, she and her husband in Jessheim, Norway, they are, they're just, you know, they're just absolutely amazing. Later this year or early next year, they're going to be opening up a chain of all vegan grocery stores in Norway. Wow, cool. Um, Nadia McKechnie, she's in Tokyo and, and does a lot of meetup work in Japan where a lot of awareness is starting to take off. Also, Ori Shavit, who's in Israel, who's a major influencer there. Yes, and I've, I've yeah. had Ori on the podcast. So oh, good. Earlier yeah. episode with Ori. Yeah. yeah. Um, chapter three is devoted to activists. Of course, you are in this chapter. Also, when I was touring in India three years ago, I met Shveta Borgonkar, who's an amazing now 20-year-old activist that does community uh, activism for the Save Movement, Direct Action. She organized an animal liberation march. She's amazing. Gwena Hunter from Los Angeles, who does a ton of community events and Vegans for Black Lives Matter. And who Kurt, was also yes. recently oh, on the good. podcast. <laughs> right. Yes, <laughs> she's plug. been on every so podcast she's, that's out there. Yeah, so she's um, amazing. Yeah. Claudia Lifton with the uh, Factory Farming Awareness Coalition. Chapter four is about body and spirit, and it includes people like T. Colin Campbell, uh, Victoria Moran, who actually wrote the foreword to Vegan Voices, Dr. Rupa Shah, who is a plant-based doctor in India who is doing fabulous work, Larry Weiss, who you know in Denver, who is a former animal rights attorney. Um, yes, and and Larry, you know him Larry, from way back, right? Yeah, Larry and I go yeah. way back. We did activism together in the 90s in Sonoma County, and he will definitely be on the podcast in the next uh, few episodes. Yeah. Good. Chapter five is devoted to the arts and the different ways in which activists have promoted the vegan message through the work they do, such as Jeff Adams, who you met, a vegan videographer mm -hmm. who has a website called Vegan Link, which has tons of resources. Allison Argo, of course, who her wonderful documentary, The Last Pig, nice. Thomas Wade Jackson, his film is A Prayer for Compassion. Also Joanne MacArthur, uh, amazing photojournalist. Chapter six, I call a new future. And so this includes authors who are doing a lot of important work looking forward. So a couple sanctuary folks, Jean Bauer from Farm Sanctuary, Rebecca Moore, who has the Institute for An Animal Happiness, um, Abe Rangan from India, who has started a tremendous plant-based food company, Clifton Roberts, who you know with the Humane Party, mm -hmm. Chrissy Vandenberg, who is actually based right here in Richmond, Virginia, who is the executive director of Vegan Action, which is uh, a fantastic company that puts the little V on packages so you'll know uh -huh. that right. products are vegan. So that's just kind of a sampling of okay. some of the many diverse writers. Yeah, that is amazing. And what are some of the diverse advocacy roles represented by the book's writers? What, uh, what, what different um, uh, projects are they doing? Oh, there's so many ways that all of these vegans are making a difference, whether 
it's at the local level or all the way up to a global level. And, and this all points to the importance of, of course, not only being vegan, but bringing it to much broader public awareness in different arenas. So all of these writers have such a tremendously wide diversity of roles, whether as educators, speakers, journalists, sanctuary owners, health professionals and nutritionists, food experts, athletes, activists, mm-hmm. filmmakers. Yeah. 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 Maybe, maybe uh, tell us about some that, that you remember that, that maybe stood out or a little uh, something, something unique or interesting. Oh gosh, it's, it's really, uh, <laughs> everyone has such a unique story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about Pete and Kit Jagoda who actually live in Spokane, Washington, and they have River's Wish Animal Sanctuary. And I think that's a really neat story because they had a beloved dog named River um, and upon River's passing and kind of that whole journey they took with, with their dog became much more tuned to different animals and were able to widen their circle of compassion. And now they have this amazing sanctuary, but it's, it's always for them has been tied into that, you know, finding that, that life essence. I describe it as looking into an animal's eyes, right? And, and you see the beautiful energy and that vibration, if, if you will, of that animal. And, and for a lot of people, I think they have gone vegan through this, this awareness that arrived to them through their pets. And I think, think of all the, the amazing work they do. And it's just, just an amazing story how a connection with one other being can be the catalyst, right? The, the yeah. impetus to do something yeah. that makes well, such, such a difference. And that's so. one, of, one of the beautiful things I think about our movement and and what we do is that most people love animals. I mean, that's, yes. it, it, we're not asking people to do something that is really outside of their already inherent right. ethics. Right. You know, um, people love animals. They don't want to see animals hurt or suffer. Uh, and so we're just helping them to acknowledge and expand what they already believe. So- right. That's yeah. really a, a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, you're right. It's really not about changing. It's about recognizing perhaps the most beautiful quality, right, that living beings have, and that's to connect with one another and love one another. So you're exactly right. It's about moving beyond the idea of separation. That yeah. there are vegans and there are non-vegans. Right. <laughs> um, right. You're probably familiar with Dr. Casey Taft and the work that he's done. And I love the term he uses. He says, instead of using the label non-vegans, he says, we should call them pre-vegans. Right. (laughs) That they're they're on the journey because there's the potential within every one of us to make that connection, to have that compassionate capacity and to bring it up, right? To bring it up to the surface and make it a part of your life. So I think that that's really a neat way to look at it. And all of these writers have done that. So many uh, different roles. We have the visual artists and performing artists, 
vegan business leaders, consultants, legal professionals, policy influencers. And, and I do want to make the point that, of course, there are a lot of, a lot of these activists and advocates that are well known, but that's not what it's about. It's about every one of us. Um, and it's the individuals doing grassroots activities in their own communities that sometimes can be the most important because they're engaging with everyday folks in their communities. It could be helping to organize a local veg fest. It could be leafletting, bearing witness, donating food to underserved neighborhoods, mm -hmm. uh, organizing and meetups. There are just so many ways. Yeah. And that is one thing I love about this book is that it is 50 authors. I mean, you have some big names and some of the main, right. you know, what we call probably A-list speakers <laughs> and presenters <laughs> and writers. Uh, but you feature a lot of other people too, a lot of the grassroots and, uh, yes. you know, more unknown, but, uh, but doing just as amazing work uh, activists. So that's really cool. I love that. Yeah, and I think people are receptive to hearing different things, right, from different people, depending on their own personal backgrounds and what's most important to them, you know, whether it's about going vegan for health, for the planet, for the animals, or a combination of reasons. And I, I've met a lot of people who initially went plant-based for health reasons, but once they made that connection about improving their bodies and their mental and spiritual beings that then that opened them up to see the ethical side of things and also the devastation of animal agriculture on the planet. It's like, like there are all these different um, spokes on the wheel, so yeah. to speak, so that, that one thing leads to another and your awareness just grows and the capacity for personal growth goes along with that. Um, yeah. And, and now I think, I think it's just fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Now I think we're seeing more young people come into it yes. for the environmental aspects. Definitely. Uh, Definitely. But, but then learning and growing uh, in the other areas with animals and justice and, and so much, right. everything that goes with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So did you find any overall themes that, uh, you know, kind of resonated throughout the book expressed by the writers? Throughout the book, um, there were probably several overall ideas or feelings that really stood out. Um, one I just basically alluded to that a lot of the writers found that while going vegan had clear health benefits, eventually a main focus came to be all about the animals and wanting to advocate for them and, and really looking at the whole effect of veganism in a wide cultural view, right? To, to expand society's view of what is really compassion? What is this, this mysterious thing of life? Why are we here? You know, and I think ultimately it comes down to, to being kind to others, to sharing experience with others. And so a lot of these writers found that, that journey, I, I would say, to their center, that it's about creating this better world and that we can't continue as a society to be blind to the extraordinary violence and cruelty that exists on such a massive scale. Another theme was 
realizing this conflict between people who love some animals, yet at the same time being complicit in the exploitation of others. And a lot of the writers had that realization. And I want to read a little bit from Jesse Tandler's. So Jesse Tandler, who works with the Factory Farming Awareness Coalition, described his awareness growing with this following excerpt from the book, quote, that he was unable to continue seeing other animals as them. To justify eating other animals, I had to commodify their bodies and judge their lives and emotions as less important than the brief pleasure from chewing their flesh. I had to generally objectify them as somethings rather than someones that I could chop to pieces dip in a sauce and saute with onions, garlic, and tomatoes while oiling the pan to keep their muscles from sticking to the burning metal. As a result, a steak or a pork chop was no longer food, but the history and horrification and horrific abbreviation of a life. I couldn't unsee it. So that's how he describes his growing awareness on his vegan journey. Mm. All the writers in the book have a natural ability, a perspective, a gift, if you will, to see the broader picture that food choices are so much more than the physical. It's not just about diet. What we put into our bodies is a statement. It's like a personification of our personal perspective, how we see ourselves in relation to all other beings. Mm. And all the vegan voices, and I'll say that includes you and me. By the way, how young were you when you went vegan? I went vegan when I was 20. You were 20. Vegetarian okay. at 16 and vegan at 20. Okay. So I've been vegan for 32 okay. years. Yeah. All right. <laughs> as far as I know, there's only one writer in Vegan Voices who has been vegan from birth, and that's Serena Farb. Yes, but, she's been on the podcast yes, as well. <laughs> I know. But I we it. all have, you know, the rest of us, we all have this sense of regret, right, that we didn't see it sooner, that we didn't awake sooner, that, you know, uh, and and so as a result, now we feel so compelled to work so hard to Mm. to try to lead people in the direction to create more Right. right, but you are seeing more and more young people yeah. uh, who are vegan Absolutely. from a very young age, and that's yeah. incredibly hopeful. Yeah, yeah, and I'm even finding maybe you've had this experience too. Um, if I'm in a regular store or a grocery store, and I'm wearing a vegan T-shirt, or you know, I'm buying a vegan product, that there are so many people that are asking questions. It's like oh, can you tell me about that product? Or you're vegan, what does that mean? And oftentimes it's young people. They're really curious, right? About what what it's all about. Yeah, so it's so much more a positive experience than it used to be. Exactly. uh, Rather than the (laughs) either confusion or jeers or whatever else, negative reactions, uh, it's much more positive. You're right, people are curious and interested and- Uh, Yeah, it's wonderful. I'll also say that the book shows the vegan movement as a global phenomenon, that awareness is growing around the world. 
16 of the vegan voices writers come from outside the US. So we have countries represented uh, Canada, Israel, Germany, Brazil, India, Japan, New Zealand, Australia, Norway, the Netherlands, and the UK. That's wonderful. So who did you write Vegan Voices for? Who are you hoping will read this book? Well, there's really kind of two areas. I'm hoping that people who are veg curious will pick up this book. And it's, it's a fantastic way to see what veganism is all about. Somehow, some people have this idea that, first of all, that it's like this all or nothing thing, that it's just one thing you do. There are also a lot of misconceptions People will say, oh, it's too expensive, it's too difficult, when really it's all about simplifying your life and your food choices and making that important uh, journey that's not only a physical one, but an emotional one too. And I think, I mean, I was moved myself as I was editing these essays and just seeing how, how readers will be inspired because they'll connect with the fact that each of these writers had a very personal experience. I mean, we are all emotional beings. And I think for readers to, to see that and share in those experiences by immersing themselves in the essays will give them a sense that, wow, this is really something of of great meaning. It's something that I can do in my life and, and do the research and learn and talk to people and that it's, it's so multidimensional. And then of course, as I alluded to earlier, there are those of us who are already vegan who love to read about other vegan stories, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and be inspired by what they're doing um, and get ideas and just kind of have this whole sense of community. So I think it's a, a great way. And I know your book is going to do the same thing, you know, about the humane hoax to look at all the different views and, and the way society has developed um, throughout history in terms of how we see animals, right? Yeah. Um, so all of the, the various writers also had their own unique journeys of how they saw farmed animals, their pets, or, or other animals in their lives. So I want to switch gears just a little bit and ask you about what you did, I believe, for the majority of your life, which was music. And you're going to be in an upcoming documentary called Taking Note about mm -hmm. vegan musicians. So I would love to know what what your musical experience is and, and what you play and and uh and tell us a little about that connection okay so i grew up in a musical family um, my siblings and i we all grew up taking piano lessons and when i was in high school i started teaching and doing chamber music which is being in small ensembles with other musicians and i decided that i wanted to make music my life i first studied at the university of southern california in Los Angeles. And then I did my graduate work at the University of Oregon in Eugene, Oregon. Eugene, of course, is a fantastic place <laughs> for plant-based folks. And then after that, I got my first college te teaching position 
in Texas at the University of Texas in San Antonio. And, and that so you, was a and you played yes. piano? Yes, I'm a pianist and I'm also a harpsichordist, which oh, is wow. like a predecessor to yes. the piano. So I do a lot of solo work and performing. I coach and teach other student musicians. I've probably worked with hundreds of, of young musicians and students. And now I teach at the college level. I teach at the University of Richmond um, here in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. But oftentimes people will ask me, you know, because they'll know that I was a longtime vegetarian before I went vegan. And since I actually do include some of my music performance in my advocacy activities, people will oftentimes say, well, what's the connection between music and veganism? Does, does one have anything to do with the other? And I'll reply by saying that for me, it was a gradual evolution or realization that they really are, both fields are really about the same thing because as a musician, I feel that my role is to create this acoustical space, right? Where people have an opportunity to sit quietly while listening and be in touch with their inner self. You think about everyday life, everybody's running around doing all the, the everyday chores and duties that we all have in life. But in a concert, you actually have the opportunity to be quiet, <laughs> to be still, mm. and music can really bring up these deep emotions from inside of you, these sort of almost spiritual ways of being, feeling more at one with, with the world around you, just that, that kind of point of, of inner awareness. That, that's my goal as a performer. And when you think about veganism, that it's really the same thing, right? It's about, you talked about um, the fact that the, the compassionate capacity is already within us. And so as a vegan advocate, we're trying to do the same thing, right? We're trying to bring people back inside to realize what their true nature is and to recognize that and use that as a point of departure for an amazing journey. So, it, so that's how I, I now see that the two areas, whether I am performing or teaching as a musician or doing my vegan advocacy, how they really are centered so much in the same thing. Wow. That's fascinating. I love it. Yeah, I will definitely look for that movie, the documentary Taking Note. Do you know when that might be coming out? Or I'm not sure. The producer is Chris Hines, who actually is one of the vegan voices. And this film he's been working on for the past few years. And at first it was going to be a profile of musicians all around the world who are vegan. But now he's kind of shifting the focus of the film and he's going to actually talk about the role of music in the history of veganism and the plant-based movement. So it's very interesting and I'm not quite sure where he is in the documentary right now, but it's going to be really fascinating. All right. Well, we will, we will look out for that. Great. 
So Joanne, I ask all my guests this, and I want to ask you as well, what gives you hope for the future? That's a fantastic question. I have a lot of hope for the future because oh, good. as is clear in the book, there are literally vegan voices all around the world that are having a huge impact. Yes. And I constantly think of Margaret Mead's famous saying, the one that says, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. We know that awareness of veganism has really exploded and expanded even just in the past five years. Even if you're not actively promoting veganism, the most important thing that one can do is to show your power as a consumer. And I, I'm sure you remember when you look back, uh, remember the days when you could only find vegan items and specialty food stores or Whole Foods. Now, of course, you know, just in the past, what, five years, you go to the grocery store, you go to the milk section and how many different kinds of plant-based milks are there? Yeah, it's um, yeah. Kroger's done a really smart thing because they put the plant-based products in the store right next to the products that, that are derived from animals. And so that's right. kind of a way, isn't that yeah. neat? Instead that's, of having yeah. a whole separate section, right. I like that. That's, yeah. I know as vegans, we don't <laughs> like that because we don't want to have to go to the meat or the dairy place. But I think that it's a really smart move because then it people is. have the option right there where they're going, where they're used yeah. to going for their dairy. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. And restaurants have more and more vegan options. I, I always tell this story. I my husband and I, when we first went vegetarian, we, of course we did it when we were living in Texas of all places. I and did too. That's, really? I, yes. I was in Dallas, Texas. You were in Dallas. When I, when I, yeah, when I went <laughs> vegan. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were in this restaurant. It was in San Marcos and, you know, being the proud just turned vegetarian people, graduate students that we were, uh, we ordered the vegetable soup. And it came and there were pieces of meat in it. Uh -oh, and we said, yeah. we cannot eat this. And the waitress said, but the pieces are really small. Uh -huh. you, know? you can just uh -huh. pick them out. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I'm sure you've done yeah. this on, uh, you know, when you're flying and you're on the airplane and you accidentally get a non-vegan meal and you pick through the food, <laughs> that kind of thing. We all have those kind of stories, but um, I mean, definitely restaurants have gotten so much better. Although, and even, and even Texas, I yeah. was amazed, you know, because of course going vegan in Texas 30 years ago was very, very right. different. Uh, <laughs> yes. But now like I, I went, I went back to Dallas fairly recently oh. and I couldn't believe the vegan options and the vegan wow. restaurants. And it's, yeah, it's amazing what has, has changed for sure. Yeah. And I think the general public too. Um, as you mentioned, has less of a negative or ignorant reaction to the idea yeah. of veganism, and there's more interest. And yeah. this is particularly true with, you know, the positive health benefits. I think that more people are seeing those. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And, and what I find interesting is now when you mention you're vegan or it comes up that you're vegan, yeah. people will often, uh, their reaction will be like, oh, well, I don't eat much meat or, or, or we drink right. oat milk, you yeah. know? And, and what that says to me is that they're kind of saying, well, yeah, you're right. Well, you, 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 I, sh I should be eating more like that. Or, you know, I agree. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're trying, we're doing, we're doing something towards that, you know, so, so it's good. Yeah. It's, it's a uh -huh. more, much more positive reaction. Right. Although there is one question wherever I travel or I talk to other vegans, including you, I'll ask you this question. If you're sharing or you're at a meal and Maybe it's a colleague who you don't know very well, and that colleague orders an animal-based meal, and they notice that you're eating plant-based, and they'll say something like, you don't mind I'm eating meat, do you? How would you react to that question? If someone, if you were in that situation and someone asked you that question? Yeah. <laughs> at, at this point, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I, think that, I think it would be different 20 or, 20 or 30 years ago for me. I think yeah. I would have been a lot more tolerant, honestly, oh, of it. Okay. Um, I've gotten so sensitive now. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's, it's to the point where when I see any kind of meat, all I can see is oh. the suffering animal. It is right. very difficult for me to right. separate that. And so I think at this point for my, <laughs> on a personal level, I preempt these situations. Like I need to talk yeah. to the person beforehand, beforehand. Like if it's family, That's, you know, uh -huh. or if we're going, we're, if we're going to dinner with, you know, my husband's family or something like that, uh -huh. I would need to know. I mean, first I would try to encourage everyone to go to a vegan restaurant if possible. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but if that's not possible, then I don't know. Honestly, I, I haven't been in that situation in so long now since the pandemic, you know, um, but I think I would need to know and be prepared like and, and, you know, know that, yeah, okay, they're going to eat meat and I've got to prepare myself for that because I don't want I don't yeah. want to, to be I don't think that we should do the thing. I know there's this uh, kind of a new uh, movement of, well, you can't even sit with anyone who's eating meat. Right. Um, right. And, and you shouldn't. And I don't, I don't know how, I, I don't feel good about that. I feel like no. we don't. We because you lose connection with that person. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And we want yeah. to be loving and accepting of where right. they are. Right. Uh, so, but I think the conversation maybe should even start before you get to the table. That's good advice. And, and I'm glad you brought up the term conversation because I think that's so critical. You know, we can have this stereotype of being righteous vegans, right? right. Um, but if say someone were to ask me that question, I might actually throw the question back on them and say, hmm, why are you asking me? I'm curious, why are you asking me that question? And that would open up maybe a dialogue, mm, you know, and yeah. finding out where that person's coming from. Well, Joanne, it's it's really been wonderful talking to you. I feel like we could just Thank talk you. all day. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I do feel like we need to wrap up. So okay. I'd love to ask if you have any final thoughts, anything else you'd like to say about the book, where people can get the book, or just about anything. Right, yeah, the, the book's official launch date uh, is October 5th. And anyone could go to Lantern Publishing and Media, and the website is lanternpm.org to purchase a copy of the book. 
And I think a wonderful thing about so many of the writers is that so many of us are very active speakers. So we're at a lot of veg fests and conferences and doing wonderful Zoom podcasts like you're doing. Uh So we're going to be kind of fanning the globe, so to speak, um, and promoting the book and having all kinds of events and things. So I want to invite people to reach out to me if they want to contact any of the individual writers. I think the main message of the book is that we are all community. We're all feeling compassionate beings. And by realizing our own unique potentials and gifts, we can all make a difference, not only for our lives and our families' lives, but all the beautiful, beautiful beings, the, the animals and humans and nature and, and just our whole world. Um, we're all one thing. We're not separate beings. And that's what, what the message is about, um, is really embracing that sense of oneness. Well said, just beautifully said. Thank you so much, Joanne, for all you're doing. Thank you for being a fantastic and fabulous vegan voice yourself. And uh, I encourage people to get Vegan Voices Essays by Inspiring Changemakers. We'll have a link to the uh, book in the show notes and where you can get it. And thank you for being on, Joanne. It's been wonderful. And thank you, Hope. It's great to connect with you and talk. And thank you for everything you do. Thank you for listening to the Hope for the Animals podcast. We will be hearing from more of the contributing authors to Joanne's anthology in the next few episodes as we continue the Vegan Voices series. And I hope that you will take just a moment to scroll down to those stars and give us a five-star rating on your listening device or perhaps share this episode on your social media pages. We also have a Hope for the Animals podcast uh, Facebook page. So please go and like that page, maybe share some of the posts, uh, engage with us there. You know, a book can be such a life-changing experience. So I think a great idea would be to get a few of Joanne's books, Vegan Voices, and give them away as holiday gifts. Give them to friends and family for the holidays. There's a link to buy the book in the show notes, and I hope that you'll support this wonderful project and get one for yourself, maybe get another for a friend. It's a great way to spread the message of veganism with an in-depth, really inspiring look at so many people living the vegan lifestyle and doing activism for animals and just helping to create a compassionate world. And of course, the most personal and perhaps most profound way to create that compassionate world is to live vegan. (laughs) 